Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to kick off the show is author Rhea Fry, and she's going to join us, joining us to talk about her novel, Not Her Daughter. Good morning, Rhea. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Tell me about how uh, your latest book, well, this was your first novel, correct? Yes, Not Her Daughter was my um, suspense debut that came out last August. And how did this come about? Did you have this idea brewing? How did this start? Yeah, it's kind of a a fun, crazy uh, story to publishing. Um, I went to school for fiction writing and then abandoned it for 10 years and had not written a fiction story, hadn't even thought about a novel. And once I I became a mom, I I started kind of getting this idea for a book in my head. Um, I kind of knew my character's names. I knew what I wanted to happen. And then I was on a business trip and saw this exchange between a real mother and daughter in an airport. And it was this super toxic exchange between this very, like, disheveled mother um, who was just so angry with her child. This little girl, she was probably five. She was all decked out in red, red bow, red shoes, red dress. Whoa. Uh, wasn't <laughs> doing anything to, to her mother to provoke her. And her mother just started yelling and pushing and oh. pulling and hitting her. Oh. And, yeah, so I think we've all been there. If you're a parent, even if you're not, where you may have witnessed something like this in public and just kind of had that protective instinct to, to you know, maybe pull the child aside and just, um, right. Give them five minutes of a reprieve or, you know, say something. And I could not stop thinking about this little girl. So I had already had this idea for this reverse kidnapping novel. I wanted to write a story about a woman kidnapping a child to save her. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that that day at the airport gave me the inspiration I needed. So I went home. I was working three jobs at the time. I quit two of them that very week. Whoa. I gave myself eight weeks to write this novel. I wrote it in a month, um, which I always joke, like, if you hate the novel, that's why, because <laughs> I wrote it really fast. And, um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. It, it was a total life-changing moment um, seeing that real incident at the airport. I'm not sure I would have gone home and actually written the book had I not seen that. I, I have to interject a story, a quick story. Yeah. I was on a plane one time, and... Uh, there was a. There were two kids behind me and a mom, and all of a sudden the girl started crying, and mm-hmm. and she wouldn't stop crying. And I had a Z bar in my pocket because I have kids, and I yeah. turned around. And I said to the mom, "May I give this to her?" And she said, "Okay." And the next thing I know, the mom slaps her in the face. <gasps> oh, yeah. And I, and, I just so many thoughts went through my head. Of course, right? Yeah. Like you're you're a parent, and that that was my first my first thought when she just started yelling, or not when she hit her, but was to empathize. Like, hey, are you having a bad day? We've yeah. all been there. But then my second thought was, okay, if she's doing this in public, what's going on exactly. behind closed doors? Exactly. You know what I mean? And yes. it's. You know, and is she having a bad day or is she a bad mom? And who are we to ever say that anyway? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been the best version of myself as a mother and I've been the worst version of myself as a mother. And in writing this book, I kind of tried to examine the two. The the woman who kidnaps this little girl, Emma, is not a parent, but she's like seeing herself as a martyr and she's really kind to the child. And then the mother 
it's kind of painted out to be a monster, but when I was writing it, I empathized with this mom because our kids see the most beautiful parts of us and, again, the ugliest parts of us, and they love us anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing, motherhood, I think. Oh, it certainly is. I think that's <laughs> why I was so captivated by your book. Um, oh, thank you. Tell, without giving too much away, what yeah. else would you like listeners to know about it? Well, I, um, so I wrote it based on uh, the question, is kidnapping ever justified, which obviously most of us would say no, but I really wanted a reader to kind of grapple with who they were pulling for. Like, could they empathize with a kidnapper, or does a child always belong uh, with their mother? And the book is told from two different points of view, Sarah, who is the woman who ends up kidnapping this child, and then Amy, who's the biological mother, of this kid. Um, and it's really kind of a race to see, you know, what's going to happen to the child, um, if they're going to get caught and how it all kinds of ends up and, and impacts everyone's life with this one incident of kidnapping. Um, something you said uh, when we first started off is that you waited 10 years to do this. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. I, I yes, find that is. interesting. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so again, I, I've always wanted to write novels and um, again, went to school at Columbia for fiction writing and then I abandoned it to write nonfiction. I've always been a writer. Um, I, I do have four health and wellness books. I'm, I've always been interested in health and wellness. I was a trainer, but it didn't kind of fulfill me the same way that um, writing fiction does. So I danced my way around <laughs> writing a novel for years and years. I was a journalist on three death row cases. Um, wow. I worked with a lot of prisoners because I, I'm so interested in why we do the things that we do and kind of how we end up there. So I really took that time to kind of study people and um, just behavior in general. And I don't think I was ready to really sit down and write the novel I wanted to write until I became a mom, number one, and then yes. and, until I had a really interesting story to tell. So... Um, I wish I hadn't waited so long, but in a sense, I think the timing was right. And, I mean, obviously it flew out of me in a month, which was insane. Amazing. And I don't ever recommend that <laughs> for anyone out there. Um, but it was, it was the most fun I've ever had writing anything. Uh, it was great. It's very interesting. Uh, for anyone who's uh, tuning in, we're, we're talking, talking with uh, Rhea Fry. That, I, that's correct, right? Rhea. Rhea Fry. Rhea. Close. I keep doing that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, oh, no, that's okay. So it's interesting because uh, we all go through these career funks, and the name of the show yep. is Get the Funk Out. And, yep. um, you know, writing, do you feel like writing has just been so cathartic at times? And, you know, yeah. Tell me well, about that. I yeah, I think, so I think growing up, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have parents that are like, you can do anything, but. I feel like we listen to these messages like, oh, you can be a writer, but you're never going to make any money at it. So that kind of like sticks in your brain somewhere. So I, again, tried to do all of these other things and not necessarily make money writing, which it, it was really unfortunate for me. But once I really started to believe in it, and again, I, like I said, I was working three jobs that were all writing Base, but they weren't fulfilling me the same way as writing books does. And I think the difference with this and making this happen, this book landed a two-book deal um, and landed a movie deal before it was published, was that I just didn't give myself a plan B, and I kind of went all in. 
And since then, um, you know, I quit the full-time job that I had, and now I actually coach writers, um, writers who want to write novels, writers who want to sell novels, and writers who want to promote themselves and really build a brand, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So I've, you know, cultivated this amazing uh, career in a very short amount of time and, you know, showing that, yeah, you can make money as a writer and you can help other people reach their dreams as writers. And it's just been a total 180 from how I was living before. It's it's incredible how we start in one direction and then, yep. you know, something <laughs> keeps kind of nagging at us and going, excuse mm-hmm. me, this is what you really want to do. Exactly. And I, you know, I don't know why... So I started homeschooling my daughter um, a few months ago, actually, and I I really started examining my own life and the way I was raised. I was a really good student, but I grew up, and I think a lot of us do, in this fixed mindset where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you're smart, or, oh, you've learned this material that can be measured and tested, and then you go out into the world, and you stop being curious, you stop taking risks, you stop being um, willing to fail. And I started even seeing that in my own daughter. She was six when we started homeschooling and just turned seven. And I, I started to wonder, like, when are we going to teach them about who they are and not just what they know? Yes. And that's been a real game changer for me and just looking at all of us and, like, why aren't we doing the things that we want to be doing? You know, you can – we all kind of, like, follow it. We stay in the same lane and kind of do what everyone else is doing and um, – I feel like we live in a really fortunate time where we can take risks and failure is awesome. And yes, <laughs> it just, you know, just it's your life. So why not do what you want to be doing? I know it's like we have all these um, ideas of what we're supposed to be doing and expectations that we're just one path. And but right now, as you said, there's there's so many opportunities as long as we show each other unconditional love. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what it's supposed to be about anyway. And I, again, I always go back to like children and, you know, we sit, we tell children that they can do anything, but then just as quickly we're like, don't talk to strangers, sit still, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Be careful instead of like talk to strangers until there are no strangers left and take risks and go out there and learn to fail. And we, we try to protect our children and again, I think that does them a disservice in a way because we grow up thinking this this one way, and it's really hard to break out and kind of remember who you are um, or who you were when, you know, you use your imagination every day. You weren't afraid to play or look silly or be embarrassed or try new things. And so that's why I'm, we're just, my husband, daughter, and I were like constantly trying to get back to that sense of who we were um, when we were little, really. I know, because I always say how when we get older, we lose our sense of play and creativity. Yeah, we do. We're so busy, and, but playing is fun. Oh, playing is so fun. My, my daughter actually wants to, uh, she wants to start a business called Play, and it stands oh. for Play Like a Youngster. And oh. she wants to send adult videos throughout the day to tell them to stop what they're doing, get out from behind their computers and phones, and do like some kind of playful activity, which I think is awesome. I love but it. It's, it's so true. Like, wh- why do we stop playing? Playing is yeah. great. Maybe she should lead a workshop. Forget all the Seriously, right? <laughs> yes, I am serious. <laughs> I know. I think it would be great. Like, every morning, I mean, we the first thing we do is we go out on her trampoline and jump. And, you know, if she's here with me, she's like, put, like, close your computer 
and come play or come snuggle or, you know, these things that take maybe two minutes or five minutes out of our day, but yet we have no problem staring at our phones for an four hours every day. Oh, it kills me. I know. It's such a time waste being on the phone, you know. So where can people find out more about you? So you can go to my website, which is reafry.com, R-E-A-F-R-E-Y.com. Um, I'm all, across all social media, but Instagram is the one that I actually enjoy. And my handle is just reafry, my name. Um, yeah, but my website has all my information um, and all social media channels. Excellent. Any last bit of info you'd like to leave listeners with? Um, so not her daughter, though it came out last year, the mass market paperback edition, which is the $6 version comes out, um, on June 25th. So that's a really going to be a really, really fun beach read. And I'm super excited about it. Excellent. Rhea, thank you so much for calling in. The thank show. you so much. Congratulations. A pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great summer. All right. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Rhea Fry calling in to talk about her book, Not Her Daughter, a novel. And all the info is up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We'll take a little break, and then I have uh, two guests calling in right at 9.15. We're going to talk about the book, We Got This, with uh, Marika Lindholm and editor Dominka Ruta, and I might be mispronouncing those names, but we will get that fixed in just a a bit. So uh, let's listen to some music from Sarah Jaffe. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. (laughs) 